Okay, so this is Dirt Talk Monday edition, mm-hmm. episode seven hundred and fifty-three. Yeah, I don't even know what number this is. I don't know. What it doesn't. It, is. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Remember, we used to say the number when we were originally doing it. Yeah, but then it's like it's hard to tell. Honestly, <laughs> we're doing four in two days. Yeah. No, we're doing four today in four one day. Today. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's why it became impractical. It was like mm. we have no idea when this is going to go out because yeah. we're going to do four of them. Yeah. Um, all the numbers will be all mixed up, and I don't think anyone cares what number it is. Anyway. And now it's good. We're just cruising. Oh, this is number one sixteen. I don't want to listen to one sixteen. I was trying <laughs> to listen to one fourteen. Yeah. Oops. So there's a lot going on right now. A lot going on. Yeah, I'm coming off of a ten day trip, and there's also over your left shoulder. There's a guy with a camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are three cameras in here. Yeah. <laughs> but but podcast podcast content. Coming off a 10-day trip, six cities, 10 days, seven different beds, lots of time zones. Yesterday, I was, I was, and then yesterday, so I come back Monday night. It's Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. I come back. I think today's Thursday. It is Thursday. Is this Thursday? Yeah, you were in the office on Wednesday. Okay. Oh, yes. So this is to just prove the point how screwed up I mm-hmm. am right now. So, okay. All right. That was, so that was yesterday. Woof. So Monday, I went to St. George. Tuesday, I went to Indianapolis. I get back Tuesday evening from Indy. I come back Wednesday, decide today's the day I'm not going to have coffee for a while. I need a break. <laughs> no, you don't. It's the answer. <laughs> and, and not only that. So come off of switching time zones four times in just a few days, decide not to have coffee, didn't sleep very well. And then we have an all day leadership meeting. And I don't do very well sitting in the same room Mm-mm. all day long. Never have, never will. Thank God I'm in the position I'm in so I can kind of get away with it. Weaseling around yeah. and standing up and sitting down and yeah. walking in circles. Nobody's going to be like, can you not? Yeah. Can you stop? That's <laughs> well, one of the great parts. Yeah, I try not to be annoying. But, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I was sitting there in that room just sitting my, wondering, I am really, why am I so tired right now? And then I'm like, you idiot. Yeah, of course you're so tired because you just did all this travel mm-hmm. and you decided to stop drinking coffee today. What are you doing? So so did you end up having coffee yesterday? No. Stay hard. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined. Haven't had today. There you go. So it's about, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. So done with coffee for a little bit. Need to give myself a break. I'm taking a break. But that still doesn't affect your experience with that discipline. So you still were very tired yesterday, but you held to it. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to be proud of. I'm also very tired today. Do you have a like a time period for coffee to come back? Or is it just like, I just going to stop for a while? I want to get it to a point where I don't just wake up and, okay, where am I going to go get coffee today? Or I'm looking, my whole morning is looking forward to when I'm going to have coffee. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like, I love going to coffee shops. I've been criticized on the internet by dirt world people for liking fancy coffee. You do. I'm not sorry about it. Sorry, I like fancy coffee. I like paying $9 for a latte. What about it? You know, I am who I am. Uh, So I like going to coffee shops and enjoying a nice brew. Uh, And I'm still going to do that. But it'll be like Saturday. I'm going to go to the coffee shop, sit down, have a coffee, read a little bit. Are you somebody who always gets a to-go cup? No, I like like not to-go cups. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I like in a mug. I always specify I want in a mug. Because that adds to the experience. It does. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm sick of to-go stuff after the COVID thing. You've got, you've got you know, plenty of it. <laughs> I feel like everybody and their mother, like the whole reduce, reuse, recycle thing. 
went out the window. COVID was like, don't, don't do that. Everything needs to be to go. Even when it doesn't need to be to go, it just needs to be to go. And now a bunch of these restaurants still have all to go stuff. Well, like Chipotle is now essentially just to go. They just assume you're wanting it in a bag. Yes. It's just how they do it. now. Every, everything's still just to go. Mm-hmm. Or there's like coffee shops I'll go to. They have all the mugs up on top of the, up on top of the espresso machine, but they, it's just to go. You can't get it in a mug. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, it's right there. Just put it in that little thing and wash it afterwards. How hard is it? That? How is, how hard is that? I was thinking about like the fancy coffee experience this week because when you're greeted by a, a barista, mm-hmm. they say a thing that almost no other restaurant or place you would visit to get something says. They, they don't say, what can I get for you? They say, what can I get started for you? Oh, Which nice. tells you it's going to take a minute. <laughs> yes. At a bar, they're going to be like, hey, what can I make for you? Okay, beer or a cocktail. When you go to a coffee shop, what can I get started for you? Because it's going to be a minute. I've never noticed that. Now you're going to hear it a lot? Mm-hmm. I, it's well, very specific. How do you say it? It's the, yeah. only, it's the only place I've ever heard that. And I specifically have like heard it a handful of times in the last couple of weeks. I'm okay with waiting. I like, yeah. I go... I am very inspired and driven by experiences and atmospheres. Uh, yeah. So we've talked about that at the office. Coffee shops are the same way. I like, and, and that's the fun thing about traveling. I think that's one of the things I have. I like it so much because it keeps me sane while traveling. I get to explore some different things as I go through the country. And coffee shops are one of them. So coffee shops, restaurants, I try to eat. I mean, sure, there's a lot of days where it's like Chipotle, 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 or Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. But if I have the time and opportunity, I would like to go explore a local coffee shop. I think that, I won't say it surprises me, but I think that sometimes your like interest in, in variety that way does surprise me because you're also a very routine person. Yeah. Like when you, you wake up at a certain time, you have very specific things you want to do in the morning that's like your time before you like get into work and then obviously like you go to bed at a certain time because that's the time you like to like i feel like so much of your life is very disciplined and like i do it in this order at these times but also like you enjoy like that variety of like you know when you get to a new place you're trying to find you know your coffee shop where's the place i can Mm -hmm. you know pick up a fast lunch that i feel good about you know like Mm -hmm. i feel like you you're pretty intentional about getting those things and once you find them putting them on you're like you're special travel map oh i have my map my google maps on my phone with all my little pins in it and and there's some good stuff in like there. is it a stretch that you have 100 pins on there oh i have I way have, more yeah okay yeah there's thousands awesome because there's a lot i'll save like i'll get job site locations that are just, also on there and airbnbs so a lot of them are old mm-hmm. that i need to throw away but i'm just i haven't got around to it it's just building your building your your cash yeah there's a lot of junk on my my google maps but there's a lot of great eateries and coffee shops sure well when we went to salt lake city you're like no i know where we're going for for mm. breakfast and i know yeah. where we're getting coffee and it was and there are two separate places <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i know yeah. it was awesome it yeah was awesome. it was good coffee and good breakfast yeah. there you go it's like I, I don't i i have faith in the process but i remember you're, i'm like oh we're eating here you're like no 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 no. we're, we're going somewhere else yeah. I'm like it okay but if we're in florida we're going to wawa of course, <laughs> as as any Floridian would. I think the last Florida trip we ate at Wawa like four days in a row. Is that an East Coast thing? Like I I'd never heard of it till y'all started like making jokes about it. So it's it's a it's in New Jersey. I got I think it goes as high as New Jersey, 
and then it goes down to Pennsylvania or so, and then it just skips to Florida. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So they're headquartered kind of in the Northeast, but they're all over Florida as well. And I'm just sitting here. I'm, I've, I've really thought about writing into Wawa Corporate. And recommending that they go into the Nashville market. Is it just a like a fancy gas station? So or not even fancy, but it's it's a consistently more? it's a consistently nice gas station. The cool thing is they have people making food there and you just walk up to the computer and you get to build whatever you want to eat. Like a sheets. Yeah, like a sheets, I guess. But jo- Eric Jumper has like a, he's like, No, 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 Sheets sucks. Wawa. Yeah. I I Eric, we're, we're, I'm not the expert on the subject. Eric <laughs> is the expert on the subject. But uh, yeah, you go in, you order whatever you want on the computer. Mm-hmm. They have breakfast. So I always go, I always get a breakfast bowl, sure. of course. And then uh, they, you print, it prints out a receipt. They call your number. You pick up your food and you go check out like at a gas station. The best part of that is that if you want to like have kind of like a complicated order, you're like, see you, Ben. I don't, thanks, Ben. The cameraman's leaving. Um, Welcome to the building. Welcome to build it. The the great thing about ordering in that way is like if I have like an annoying order or like a complicated order, I don't have to look somebody in the eye when I put it in. No, I'd yeah. be like, okay, this is just what I want, and I yeah. don't have to talk to anybody about it. Yeah. They either come to me correct or not, and I'm just gonna eat it anyway. Sure, and I, I would like no mayo, extra salt, light pepper. Sure, I'll, I'll have a little bit of olive oil. In too. theory, they're doing that. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but in theory, yeah, yeah. they have the yeah. they have the uh, listing of how to do it. I know. But who knows if it's really light salt or not? Who knows how specific they get it? But I trust Wawa. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're specific. I think they're precise, which is why I, I like going there. That's fine. Mm. Uh, as we're talking about, it, I'm thinking about how we need to make uh, like gas station food now, like one of the topics that's on Dirt Talk because we barely hit it enough. It's a great Dirt World topic because yeah, many people can relate. For better or for worse, a lot of people in the Dirt World eat at a lot of gas stations. And I've been there many of times. I was just there this week where, hey, I only have time to stop at a gas station. I need to get some nutrients in me. What do I got here? Typically, if I go to a gas station, beef jerky, or if they have a fruit cup, fruit cup. That's that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Or a banana. Like if they have a banana at a gas station, that's that's lucky, man. That is that is a big deal. Um a lot of people in the dirt world though, they they don't eat bananas at gas stations. They eat just oh, yeah. uh like whatever taquitos are on the little yeah whatever's rolling. <laughs> Do you want a buffalo tornado taquito? Get you one. Yeah, yeah. And, and a you know five dollar bag of takis. Yeah, <laughs> and um, an energy drink. And an energy drink. Yeah, I would say there is a subculture at Buildwit about energy drinks. It seems to be like a, a thing among many people at Buildwit. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> Drink coffee like an adult. Oh, and like when I w- open up the refrigerator here, there's a bunch of soda in there. And it's like, I'm a little torn about this because buy your own damn soda. I don't want to be buying your soda for well, you. To be fair, a lot of it was here from like events, but it's consistently been it's in there. It's still in there. <laughs> yeah, it's consistently been in there. Um, however, I do love uh, the availability of a, of a, of a seltzer. That's fine. If, you know, yeah, just a bubbly water. Bubbly water or you want a little grapefruit in there for oh, a little yeah. extra pizzazz. Whatever you want, great. But the fact that there's Sprite in there, not a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just straight up sugar water. I And that's what I've been thinking about with our next space. Big picture is how do we design the space to help people live healthier lifestyles just as a default. Yeah. 
because your atmosphere, your environment really shapes what you do day to day, whether you think that or not. So I think we can design a pretty effective space to help people be healthier. Yeah. Like through, I want to build a cafe. I'll create a cafe, Mm -hmm. have a gym at the office, have a bunch of stuff that it just makes it easy to not be a total sack of potatoes. Well, I, but I do think that goes back to your your comment about how a lot of people in like the dirt world end up eating at gas stations a lot because like that's what's available and that's yeah. what's near work and they got to do that before they go back to work. Well, that's I mean, yeah, when you're working 12, 14 hours a day in the middle of nowhere, often in, in the middle of nowhere, it's not like you're going to make yourself a nice salad in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not exactly a Whole Foods next door. No, there's no Whole Foods salad bar when you're in Glamis, California. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Trust me. There ain't. Um my when I was on the railroad, my breakfast and lunch you'd have to kind of make up, and then so you'd get one meal a day, and I would go to Chipotle, and that was just or Chick Fil A. Well, you can you oh. can you can ride to Chipotle all day if you if you plan that time right. That can be the only thing you eat. Yeah, yeah, but that's a we. I mean, I would we'd wake up at two thirty, get there by four, work till four or so typically. So and then you'd drive an hour, hour and a half back. So you'd be getting back five five thirty, mm-hmm. and then. You go pick up some food somewhere after you've been working all day. Go pick up a little bit of food. Go back to your hotel room. Sleep until 2 o'clock. Go to bed. <laughs> sleep until your alarm goes off 2.30. Yep. Wake up. Hate your life. Question why you're doing everything you're doing. Get your clothes on. Go back to work. I did a... And then you see your paycheck. And you're like, you're cool. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh, oh no, it yeah. is worth it. <laughs> oh, 80 hours a week, 40 hours overtime. That is sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer after college, um, I worked at like a FedEx and that was a, a two to a 9 a.m. thing. And that was, that was like definitely a, uh, welcome to the real world like mm-hmm. moment for me. It's like, oh, people, this, some people, this is like the thing they do. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a tough schedule, man. Well, I just posted about this on social media the other day about there's a lot of kids and young people and just people in general, I think that are kind of confused about where the hell they are in life. I think that's a great starting point is going to get just a manual labor job or like working in a warehouse, working construction or working in a, a in food service or retail. I think just going to get a shitty job, like deliberately just kind of starting there, it teaches you so much and gives you mm-hmm. so many tools that you're going to use your whole career. But that's hands down. If you haven't worked a shitty job like that, you're missing out because that really equips you for a lot later on. I'd agree. And it's a great motivation too. Ideally, you get into that and you're motivated. Like, I don't want to do this for 40 years. Are you kidding me? And you start to be a little bit more introspective mm-hmm. and find a different path. And one, two, six, there you go. I also Build think it. We're that- hiring. Buildit.com. Buildit.com. We need an office manager. Um, I think also what's like an interesting piece of that is you learn like a certain the perspective of like what it takes to work those jobs. So when yes. you interact with those people, you're far less likely to be like, oh, because it's like, you understand that's a hard job. Yeah. I'm not going to be an asshole to a, I've never, I've never worked food service, but I worked in retail. So you're serving people all day long, yeah. essentially. And I'm not going to be an asshole to a server at a restaurant. It's like, I mean, even if they suck, I'm not going to be an it's asshole. It's kind of generational too. And I, I'm not necessarily like I do agree going at older generations. But I will more say about people who like are in their their thirties and twenties who are far more likely to apologize to a server 
like, hey, yeah. I, I'm really sorry. Like, I, um, is it okay? I asked for this without. I'm re- and again, I'm really, really sorry. Like that to me, like that's more typical of like mm-hmm. people our age than like what the hell is wrong with you? Like I said, yeah, that, that, that like grandpa, I would you be can't... shocked to hear somebody in their 20s and 30s say that. I would not be shocked to hear somebody say that in their 60s. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, grandpa, you 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 can't call the server a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> you, you can't yell that. that across the restaurant mm-hmm. these days. Come on, grandpa. That's why you're only a server. Unfortunately, all my grandparents are dead, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, they're not coming after you. They definitely don't <laughs> listen to Dirt Talk, so it's fine. That's <laughs> uh, uh, one of my favorite jokes because it makes people really uncomfortable. They don't know how to react. I'm like, I, it's okay. It's been since I'm like five Sorry. years old, yeah. so I've, I've gotten I've gotten through it. <laughs> it's not very raw I'm at this therapy. point in your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we have a couple. Honestly, we've got two like big questions okay. that I, I would think. Um, require some good time if you feel good jumping in yeah cool well, we we've got we've got time we've got I have, time i have nothing but time these days all right first question is from alex who what a great name what a great name mm-hmm. and not me either this was not mm-hmm. i didn't write this and be like you know what we need to be talking mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. i did not do that that's what we did for the first hundred episodes yeah i got a cool question <laughs> people probably are thinking about and we 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 ran out of names though, so we and but fortunately we started to get real questions i think in theory i've maybe made up two mm-hmm. questions total for for dirt talk that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good i think yeah. you know we, we had we had to get going but it was fine all right so first question from alex i've heard you state that our industry has a huge people problem yet we ignore 50 percent of the population working females i think that for companies who work locally on a daily basis think asphalt production and lay down dump truck providers etc that a huge opportunity would exist to partner with a local child care provider. Working parents could drop off kids at a child care center in close proximity to the contractor's shop or the crew's meet in the morning before heading off to the job site. Additionally, the contractor would have a built-in opportunity to teach local youth about careers in construction. Seems like a no-brainer for me. Do companies, do any companies do anything to support family life in this way and making life easier for um, working mothers and fathers? I have not seen very much of that, which is one of the challenges of the the industry we have, I mean, so it's a production-based industry and there are working hours. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be producing during those working hours. And there's no work from home in the construction industry. Yeah, You can't remotely go build a road. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. that, th- like there are realities of the industry. That said, I think, I think we need to be more thoughtful in general, men or women, uh, more thoughtful in general, just about family life. Because there's, we've talked a lot about this, you know, especially if you're seasonal, for example, you're working flat out for nine months. And a lot of people have said, you don't even, they won't even let you schedule doctor's appointments in those nine months. Because it's like, you do that on the off season, man, we're working. And you're working sometimes six days a week. And maybe you live an hour or two away from where you're working. And it's, it's pretty gnarly. Um, I know we're not a production based business. So it's not there's not a ton of parallels there, but it's, I've tried as a business owner to just be more flexible with people. Like, and, and almost, you almost have to give people permission to take time off too. I've, I've learned it's like, yeah, my, you know, so-and-so just passed away, but I'll, I'll be in tomorrow. Like, I just take tomorrow off. Like you don't need to come in tomorrow mm. I, or, um, you know, someone's sick in the hospital, uh, but I, I should be good. It's like, I don't know. Like, don't worry about it. Go handle that. And then come back to this. Like, we'll, we'll figure out how to make this work without you right now. That should be the priority. Mm-hmm. I just, I try to default to 
you care for your personal life, we'll care for the business. The business will be here when you return. And it's a win-win because they get to sort out their personal life and care for those in their in their personal world. And then it shows them that, wow, the company I work for really cares about me. And then they're getting their personal stuff together. So now they're not at work with that weighing on them unnecessarily. So they come back to work and they can just be more effective. Yeah. <laughs> and then they win by everybody, for the most part, likes to be effective at what they do. And it's just more fulfilling as a human being. And then company wins because they're more effective. Um, so at least it's just a mentality for me as an employer to, to approach it. Like, how can I just be more mindful of people's personal lives and make sure that is the priority when, when necessary. And it probably looks completely different with the construction company, but I think construction companies still need to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And that's just in general. And I know there's the women in construction point here too. I think we do need to be more intelligent about recruiting women that it's just, it's a tricky the women in construction thing is tricky, man. It's really tricky. And I have not figured out necessarily how to articulate it because every woman in construction I've ever met doesn't want to be called out and doesn't want to be on any kind of pedestal whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They just want to work like everybody else. And then you also have the other side of things. It's like, why do more boys like trucks growing up? And why do girls not like trucks? They like Barbies and other stuff. You, you kind of have a society set up to push genders into different things things and yeah. occupations. And so we're, we're battling this whole societal structure. It's much bigger than just the dirt world. It's much bigger than like, well, a woman can operate a machine too. So that, it's simple. We just need more women. It's like, well, society's not necessarily built that way. And I think you just need to be aware of that. It, that's, that's what you're up against. Mm -hmm. And... Um, not work against it, but work with it. I, ju I just, it's a big issue. I just don't, I, I'm still, I think, I think about it a lot and that's one I still haven't really figured out. And I don't think like many people have it figured out. The companies that do do well, they do have a very high sense of caring and they do have a very empathetic standpoint from a family point of view. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be very challenging to try to be proactive in in this sense mm -hmm. where it's like we we want to take care or we want to like encourage uh you know better family life for the people who work who have families i feel like the challenge would be to serve those people in a way that like actually is, is a value to them while like like you said it's a, a production-based industry and those job sites are often not next door to their house no but the we're we're just locked into this mentality that one human can create one unit of production. And we're not we're not sitting here thinking, how can we make those humans more productive? And if we are, we're thinking we need to leverage technology and the best equipment possible. And we don't think that, well, maybe that guy is totally depressed or is an alcoholic or his wife just asked for a divorce or, you know, her kids are back at home and she's and sick and she's worried about him, for example, or whatever it is. We don't think about that. And that is a significant drag on yeah. productivity. <laughs> and, 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 and it even just comes at the safety thing. It kind of pulls the mask off the whole safety thing. How, like once I found out that, you know, suicide kills five times more people than job site related injuries, mm -hmm. you know, cause, yeah. and we don't talk about mental health as an industry. So is it really about 
caring for people or is it about avoiding liability and avoiding the lawyers and making sure we're meeting insurance requirements? And, and I'm not saying that's people don't genuinely care, but we need to have a greater sense of caring in our industry because we we don't. It's 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 just statistically proven that we we don't. And we just view a human creates one unit of production. That is that. Well, I think there's a lot of untapped human capital there that we should be thinking about because we're leaving a lot of the, a lot on the table right now. You've got me thinking a little bit about Dirt Talk alumni, Kimo Clark, when he talks about how he runs his company. They work four 10-hour days mm-hmm. as opposed to like five days. Yeah. And I think there are probably definitely companies that'd be like, oh, we're getting this production out of four 10-hour days. What if we did five 10-hour days? You know, because it's like, well, we'll get more production that way. Yeah, it's super tempting. But what chemo has found is like that doesn't turn into more production. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting peak production out of this particular like system that I've set up the, because I, my guys are more productive and more well, e- effective. The thing with him is he can stay disciplined to that because he's in a world that allows, he needs to, he needs to be regimented about it. He needs to push on that quite a bit because mm-hmm. people will try to force you into working more, but there's, like you got to work for DOTs and big general contractors and so on and so forth. They're going to require you that like, that's not going to be an option. Like to win the work, you can't just show up four days a week. Yeah. We need the job done. And sometimes it's, they're giving you a schedule that can only be met by working seven days a week, sometimes double shift. And they don't care. They just want the job done yesterday. I don't know. But I, I think if you build a company with just a greater, I think you can still operate you know, in a fast-paced production environment with a high sense of caring. It starts with just how can I care for my people more? If I'm a foreman, how can I care for those I lead mm-hmm. more? Or if I'm a laborer, how can I care for those around me on my crew more? I think it, it comes not just from a company's owner, you know, company owner, but I think it comes through everybody asking, how can I just care for those around me? You care for those around you, they're going to care for, for you when mm-hmm. you need help. And it's going to make everybody, it's, it, it, it's just a lot more fun. When you actually care about the people you work with, mm-hmm. it's a lot more fun. It is so much more fulfilling, so much less exhausting because you can trust everybody around you. Yeah. You don't have to be constantly shielded from everything. And, and you're just, you're doing much better work. And then you're making the company more money. Everybody wins. I have a dumb question. When you're talking about, you know, like this is a project that's going to require, um, you know, work in seven days a week, sometimes double shift. If there were more people available, like if they had a, a larger team to devote more people to a project, is that something that then gets done faster or just people are worked less? Yeah, potentially, but pe- the companies can't hire people they right would, now. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if, they, if they had more people, it wouldn't be scheduled that way. And it, it's potentially getting worse because, yeah, these companies are very understaffed and they're still committing to work they should not necessarily be committing to. And so they're like, well, on paper, we can get it done in this many days. Mm-hmm. We'll just have all these people work these amount of hours every day. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the, you know, like I said before, working 80 hours a week, you get a lot of overtime and you make a lot of money, but it's kind of a trap. It's chill. It's chill when you're a kid because you're like, this is awesome. I don't have family to go back to or whatever. Like, I can just work, man. This it's is like the golden sweet. handcuffs thing. Yeah. yeah. And especially if you're away from home, all you want to do is just work. Like, I want to work 12, 14 hours a day because- what else am I going to do? What else? Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to sit back in the hotel room. Absolutely not. I want to be out here working. But yeah, you you adjust your cost of living to what you're getting paid. And then now you're screwed. Now you have to keep working those hours to keep up with with your your cost of living. Brutal. Yeah. Well, well thanks for answering that. I mean, 
it's very complicated with the um how these companies can like serve families and serve um you know like mothers like i don't even know what it looks like for like a a woman in construction to like have a child like i, I, I can't I, even wrap my brain around that that's what that's what i'm I, like that's why i can't figure this one out quite yet because i just don't i don't have the perspective i need to figure yeah. that one out i um also it's important to note as well that that a lot more families nowadays both uh you know husband wife both of them work oh yeah compared to even just 20 30 years ago it used to be not very many um households both parties worked but now both of them typically work um so so before childcare wasn't such a big deal because you only had one party working yeah, the somebody other would be home care and take care of the kids now that's not as much the case just from a statistical standpoint. And so the world has changed in the past few decades in that regard as well. Mm -hmm. I, I've thought about childcare from a billet standpoint. I would love to have childcare at some point. I mean, obviously it's not viable right now, but as we grow and grow and grow, mm, I don't see why we shouldn't at least offer something. Well, and especially like there are, well, the cost of childcare are crazy high these days too, you know, especially in, in certain markets. Where it's like both spouses have to work in order to afford the childcare in the first mm -hmm. place. Yeah. Um, just because that's the reality. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Alex, for sending that question. Appreciate it. All right. Next question from Harley. Great name. I've been a service tech for the last 12 years and have worked in the research and development, mining, and teaching side of the equipment industry. The one thing I have found in common between all of them is the need for good, reliable technicians. Where do technicians fit into the BuildWit mission to make the dirt world a better place? They're huge, man. Uh, it, everybody fits into the mission of making the dirt world a better place. We just talked about that on a podcast we recorded earlier today. It doesn't matter where you sit in the dirt world. You can do anything in the dirt world. You can be a technician. You can be a laborer. You can be a vice president. You can be a lawyer. You can be an accountant. You can be a software developer. You can be a lot of different things in the dirt world. And everybody has an enormous role. That's the weird thing about the COVID thing. Everybody started to act like, you know, my job is more important than your job because, you know, oh, I'm, I'm essential. And there is a point to that. It, you could just see that there were some jobs that never shut down, construction being one of them, yep. because it's, it is vital to society. But that said, everybody's job is important. Everybody's job is essential. Every aspect of the dirt world is vital to making the dirt world work. That's why there's all different roles at a company. You need them all to make the whole thing work. So technicians are a huge, a huge component of that, huge component of that. And we're with our training product. We don't have that out quite yet, but we're already exploring with some dealers creating specific technician specific tracks because we need technicians. And I think that's an awesome career. Every time I go into a cat shop, which is quite a bit, or a dealer, you know, any kind of dealer shop, but I go to a lot of cat these days, mm -hmm. um, I'm just fascinated, fascinated by what these guys do because it's, it is a total art form and it is, sure, it's, it's a little missold as like a hands-on job. Sure, there's a hands-on component of it, but there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of thinking that goes into being a technician. And problem solving. A lot of problem solving. That's all they're doing is this machine's broken. You need to make it not broken. That's a problem that needs to be solved. And it's a different problem 
every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. It's a really compelling career. So, but, you know, okay, great. We have a bunch of technicians, but we don't have operators to put in the seats. So, shoot, you know, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> we, need, we need everybody to make the thing work. Mm -hmm. So, technicians have a, a huge role to play in making the dirt world a better place. They're the ones that keep the dirt world moving. They're absolutely essential. Um, so yeah, we, we spend a lot of time with technicians. We've worked with a few dealers like Carter or Wheeler Machinery. Um, we just, we just did a vlog, you know, Wheeler the other day touring their shop and showing off what they do and what their techs do day to day, which I think is awesome. So cool. And more people should see. Um, so it's essential, but so is everything else in the industry. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a tech, if wrenching on stuff gets you going, cool. If you want to work on computers. Like Gabe was just saying, you can also fix equipment on a computer because a lot of it's on a computer these days. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily have to be covered in dirt and grease every day if that's just not what you want to do. Okay, but you can still help fix equipment. So there's a little bit of everything. I, th I think something that I've really been learning, and I, I think this is really bearing out in who we've been talking to for the podcast as well, is... Um, how many like auxiliary adjacent industries that really serve the dirt world mm -hmm. who, you know, like we had those, those guys on from uh, GPRS, like talking about like utility locating and, and pipe scanning. It's like these jobs that like, can't happen with, without those things also happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's, what's been fun to think about for, you know, th the future for dirt talk, but as well as just like what we're doing at BuildWit is, um, bringing those folks in as we talk about the dirt world because like they they either have good um experience from the dirt world or they have like a good perspective to share with the dirt world and both of those are i think really fascinating to me um and like a, a great kind of way to get to know the industry better as well as serve the people who are listening who've been in it for a while yeah i mean that's what we're trying to bring awareness to um is the dirt world's a big place a Huge. lot of companies here, a lot of people here doing a lot of different things. So it's not just guys digging holes. We need guys digging holes, but there's a lot of people making sure those guys can dig holes. I think a good analogy um, is in Nashville, this is a big like healthcare hub. There are a lot of hospitals, a lot of companies that run hospitals based in Nashville, but there are almost an infinite number of companies that come here that like serve those industries mm -hmm. that are like a real small part. And so what I, th I think has been fun to like learn about the dirt world is like there's the exact same situation happening where it's like even you know the companies that we do most of our work with are actively moving the dirt or doing demolition or something like that but really really like in this like small space that we're like let's just focus on this there are so many other um like either small industries or just like types of service that you know folks are providing value into the dirt world and like playing their like vital piece in that, which I think is pretty, pretty exciting to see. Well, and that's uh, from a career development standpoint, get into the dirt world and whatever path you can find right now and start exploring. Okay, great. Um, I want to be an operator. I try to be an operator, work for a company. Ah, operating isn't for me, but maybe I want to, I see these texts come out here and that looks pretty cool. Maybe I want to wrench on equipment. Okay. Now you're in the dirt world. So now you can easily jump to mm -hmm. wrenching on equipment. I've been wrenching on equipment for a while, but I, I would really, I, I want to get out of the shop and I want to go see more sites. So maybe I'm going to go become a salesman. So you, then you go become an equipment salesman. You can just hop around to, you can have different 
we just talked about this, you can have completely different careers in the same industry. Just get into the damn industry wherever you can find it. And if you're not happy with where you're at in the industry, you can change where you're at. Just so you know, everybody's hiring right now. Take advantage of it. It makes me think of the conversation we had with Jake Collip a couple of weeks ago where you know, he was doing construction and then now he like focuses on training, but he didn't go from operating to training. Like he was doing sales. He was doing like all kinds of stuff in between those two things. But it was because he's like, I, I have a love for this industry and this is all really interesting to me. And I want to do this for a while. Oh, now that I've been doing this for a while, I realize I'd want to focus on training. So now he gets certified. Like to me, like that's a really fascinating place to be because you know, you're not locked into that like one thing. It's like, well, I guess this is who I am for the rest of my well, life. No, Jay, Jay, so he uh, runs equipment in construction. He goes to Caterpillar as a Proving Grounds test operator, then becomes a trainer, CDI, then creates his own training company. What well, he was doing sales in that process, too. Oh, yeah, he's, he did sales. Yeah. He was a CDI. He creates a training company, does training. He's working with us now yeah. <laughs> to do build a software product. He's had a lot of different roles in the same industry he has a skid steer and a mini excavator mm -hmm. he does dirt work on the weekends well and the people he spends like most of his time with here at buildwit are like video producers mm -hmm. like people who you know up to this point were like shooting commercials and movies and yet like there's like this big cross-section of like we can work on the same thing and like achieve go towards the same goal yeah. which is pretty cool and like when you think about his experience up to, to this point that's probably not the obvious place to go for him, but yet it like makes tons of sense. That's it. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap it up, I did want to say thanks to all the folks who have uh, reached out via, via Instagram or LinkedIn, um, answering some questions you know, we've put out there, just trying to get um, some more information from y'all about what you guys think about Dirt Talk, what we've talked about so far, what you'd like to hear in the future. Um, we've got a longer, more uh, comprehensive survey we would love to get some feedback on. It's at buildwit.com slash feedback. It's, it's already been so valuable and helpful, the, the information we've gotten so far. I've got a couple people that have messaged me on LinkedIn, just like, hey, here's some answers to the questions I saw y'all post. And it was like, that is so helpful to me because like, we, we want to do a better job. We want to we serve the people who listen to us and serve the dirt world. And it's good to hear from those people. Yeah. I mean, we don't get a lot of feedback so because no one listens to this. <laughs> no one listens. Um, yeah, so go, go to our website, buildwit.com slash feedback, mm -hmm. send Alex a message on LinkedIn, write us a dirt talk at buildwit.com. Any of those things. Anything you can do to give us some direction or, Hey, I like this. I don't like that. It, it helps. And we, it, we, it, we see helpful. everything. So, uh, we don't charge, we don't make money on this at all. We just, all we do is spend money on this. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> so at least thing, at least you could do is, uh, if you enjoy it. Give us some feedback so we can keep making it better. Yeah, we keep want to keep making it better. You know, a, a thing, a, a phrase Aaron uses a lot with, I think a lot of things, but with the podcast, he, he keeps talking, he wants to make it more dialed, like dial in. And I think what's fun is like, there's no question that we've been doing that for a year. It's like, we continually want to make it better, both for like what we're doing, but also we want like the, the folks who listen, the folks who like follow the whole build with thing in general to like get more value out of that, to, to like to see that, you know, they can come along like the ride with us. And so the only way we're going to get better at that is like hearing from the folks who like pay attention. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I'm very thankful for that. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you haven't checked out the build an app, check it out. 
podcast episodes are on there today. It's a, gr- it's a great app. It's a great app. It's only getting better. We have big plans for it. Um, and we will, with that, see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty, everybody.